Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Today we're debating whether or not there is a demonic, and we are starting right now with Justice's opening statement as he is taking the affirmative that there are demons. Thanks so much for being with us, Justice. The floor is all yours. Uh, greetings, everyone. Again, thank you, James. Thank you, Mark, for being here. Uh, glad to talk about this. The motivation for me to join this debate was a debate that I listened to several weeks ago, maybe a month ago, on a similar to- a topic about, about ghosts, and I felt that the position of the supernatural and the spiritual, albeit the evil and malevolent supernatural and spiritual, wasn't properly represented, and I wanted to um, kind of give a chance for my side of the uh, of the debate to get a better a better viewing. If we look into history, into the history of mankind, we see that throughout all peoples, all nations, and all religions, uh, there is a commonality of belief structures. There are three things that almost all religions, all nations, all ethnos have in common. First of all is the belief in the divine. Uh, not all peoples believe in a monotheistic religion, um, or you know, some are polytheistic, some are monotheistic. However, the belief in the divine, uh, in some kind of a structured uh, hierarchy of deities, is a common belief among all peoples everywhere. The second thing that's commonly held among all peoples everywhere, everywhere up until just the, the most recent uh, modern age, is the belief in the malevolent divine, or we can call it the demonic um, so jinns, demons, ghosts, spirits, hauntings, these things are as common in the literature and the belief systems and structures of people throughout the world as the belief in the divine. The third thing that is also common among all peoples is the belief in the fallen state of man, um, that mankind is in some kind of predicament uh, due to some kind of first sin or some kind of falling away from the divine. Um, and that in this state, humans are beset by the demonic. I put this into my intro, I just wanted to end it to, to uh, put this out there as the first evidence for the demonic. Um, the people who are on the skeptic side of both the debate on, on, on the divine, on, on gods in general, or on the demonic as we're debating tonight, uh, will often say, well, that's not, that's not evidence, that's an argument from history. It, and I will have to admit that technically it is an argument from antiquity. It is an ar- argument from history. However, if you find that something is so absolutely universal throughout history, it needs to be addressed more specifically than just hand-waving it away as a logical fallacy. This is something that is universal. Even among nations and ethnic groups that do not have a specific re- a religious belief in or specific position on the higher level gods, like Shintoism, you still have a belief in the demonic. So in some ways, the demonic is a larger set of people have held those beliefs throughout history and even into today than even believe in God. So that is my first uh, bit of evidence is 
the the universality of the beliefs throughout history and throughout most of uh, the world today uh, in the human population. Again, uh, <laughs> truth is not a democracy, but still, it's something that has to be has to be dealt with. The second thing that I'd like to say is when we're talking about evidence of the demonic or evidence of the spiritual realm in general, we have to pay attention to, to, the, to the terminology. We are talking about the supernatural. And people like my honored opponent will ask us for physical evidence of the supernatural. The word supernatural literally means above the physical or outside of the natural order. And so they say, we, we want we want evidence of this thing that is specifically denoted as not having a physical nature and give us evidence like uh, show us films or show us, uh, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> readings on radiation or, or magnetic readings or whatever. And it's like, no, the very terminology is that it's supernatural. What is the thing that can interact with the supernatural? In my belief system, in this belief system that I operate out of, which is a Christian worldview, man, human beings are the device which interact with the supernatural. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit, and we are engineered by our creator to have that interaction with the supernatural. And so when you have a universal belief among these devices, quote unquote, humans, who interact with the supernatural, that there is a supernatural, to me, that says this is, again, uh, it's kind of a reiteration of the first evidential point, but it is it is important. So the third thing, uh, what, what is the evidence that I'm going to be presenting tonight, and hopefully we'll be able to do that a little bit more in the Q&A session, is my own experience. So if I'm right away saying, you know, I'm not so much interested in films and pictures and uh, and all that, however, I'm not, I'm not saying that they don't exist. Sure, they might. But my uh, evidence that I have is based on my own experience. As a missionary of 20 years who's worked in underprivileged areas where the belief in the demonic, the belief in the supernatural is rampant among people who aren't even you know, believers in the higher order uh, deities, uh, I, have, I have had a practice of delivering people, helping people get rid of demonic influences in their lives, specifically hauntings in their houses. I uh, specialize in cleaning haunted houses from people. And uh, I also am a pastor of the local church. I have three small churches that I pastor. Um, and people outside of my church who don't even go to our Sunday services or not part of our community will come to me on a regular basis and ask me to clean their house uh, because their relatives or their their uh, the, their ancestors, the people, the, their, their grandfather or grandmother, have been involved in black magic often, or they've been involved in behaviors that uh, that uh, predispose them towards possession or towards haunting, and they ask for help in getting rid of these entities. Um, and when you go into a room or into a house where people have been suffering, plagued by demonic influences for years, and you do what needs needs to be done to get rid of those influences and then people come back and thank you and, and they're they're relieved because the influences have left um even in situations where for instance the children are are of the household are uh, reporting uh, that, that they're seeing entities that they're feeling fears that they're hearing sounds that 
uh, doors are opening and closing, that dishes are being broken, uh, so forth and so on. And then you do the cleaning procedure, you exercise <laughs> the word, use the word strangely, get rid of the demon, get rid of the haunting out of the house uh, without the children around. I always do this when the children are out playing. I'm not interested in trying to psych them out or anything. They've already been through enough. And you just go with the parents and you do the, the exorcism, you do the cleaning. And then the parents will say, it, it stopped. The, the, the children are not having uh, night horrors anymore. They're completely free from this. For me, this is the kind of evidence that says, yes, this is actually something that is, and it's more than psychosomatic because we're not even giving the children a placebo. They, they are the ones who are reporting the, the influences and they're the ones who are being freed from it without even knowing that something uh, was done. So uh, I don't know how much, how many minutes I have left there, um, James. So, so a lot of people will ask me, you know, if demons exist or if there is a demonic world, um, why don't they interact like just every day? Why don't we see them uh, all the time? And the reason for that is that there are different levels of demonic powers. The scripture tells us that there are demonic powers that reign in the air that are over uh, nations, over cities, over countries, and they they work through lies. They work through trying to get people to believe in their uh, their power. So we can call this ideological possession or um, the power of the air, which is the way the Bible talks about it. And this is something that I think is, is real. But the, the fundamental point here is that Satan, along with his cohorts of <laughs> demonic legions, work through lies. He is the father of lies, and he works through lies. Scripture also tells us that we are Sub submitted to him whom we submit ourselves to. We're enslaved to him who we enslave ourselves to. And so uh, demonic powers take uh, control over people, possessing homes, possessing bodies, through this process of self-enslavement. People have to give themselves over to the demonic powers to be able to be subjected by them. Um, and the, the whole point of hauntings, the whole point of binding people into fear is to get them to, to give more power to the demonic powers than they had previously. One of the reasons that I want to come on here is to, to, to tell people or to let people know that de the demonic powers are real, but there is a way out. And the way out is to find the Lord and to seek his power because his power is so much greater than the demonic power. Um, I have seen that in my in my life and in my work, uh, which we can get into a little bit more in the Q&A session. But if you are in a situation where you find yourself bound by uh, something that feels greater than you, that has that has that is that you have come under its power. And, and if you are the kind of person who has who has experienced a, a demonic oppression, you know what I'm talking about. Know that there is uh, a way out and that way out is the uh, the person of Jesus Christ who gives us the power to overcome all uh, demonic oppression. So with that, I'll end my opening statement, and we will uh, kick it over to James. Back to you James. got it. Thank you very much for that opening indeed. And I want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral channel hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. If you haven't yet, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. As we have many more juicy debates coming up, for example, at the bottom right of your screen, Alex Stein and Hunter Avalon collide later this month. You don't want to miss it, so do hit that subscribe button. And with that, we're going to kick it over to Mark Reed. Thanks so much for being with us. Mark, the floor is all yours. 
Thank you so much, James. And I'll just share my screen here, mate. So um, just let me know when I'm ready to go. Uh, my name's Mark Reed, and I'm debating the negative of evidence for the demonic. I want to thank Modern Day Debate and the, the James, the moderator, as well as my interlocutor, Justice. Um, of course, I want to thank the audience for spending their time to join us here to debate this topic. Now, I'll be arguing that the, the belief in the demonic, um, it's not just, and what I believe is that religion is making a fear to sell you the cure to this fear that they're making, but it's also highly dangerous, and I will be going through why that is so in my presentation here. Um, so I'll just first go through the burden of proof. It's squarely on the shoulders claiming there is evidence for the demonic. Needless to say, not one shred of credible evidence has been put forward to confirm any kind of demonic spirit or malevolent being that we can examine today. What we do get is anecdotes, uh, people screaming, no supernatural events um, and stories that have been passed along for little regard to how it's gathered or the methodology in which it's gathered. A methodology is a study of how the evidence and fact about a subject has been gathered and how reliable that method is if it's replicated by somebody else. Um, so we will be examining Justice's methodology today and find out exactly how reliable that is. Now, the origins of demons go back to the Paleolithic era and is encompassed by anything that was strange or, or horrific. It stems from the Greek word daemon, denoting spirit or divine power appearing in Plato, describing the divine inspiration of Socrates as a daemon concept. Um, Judeo-Christian tradition, the Greek daemon was replaced by demons and associated with evil things. Although this concept was actually taken from Egyptian and Mesopotamia mythology. Some Eastern religions like Hinduism did have a concept of evil spirits called Ashura and Raksasha, um, who were formerly gods and conflated with Western demons, although they were human-like and were a vastly different concept from our uh, concept. Uh, interestingly, there are religions like Buddhism that has no concept of demons, although the followers did have some superstitions about spirits. Now, these are a few of the things that have been blamed on throughout history to, to demons in the past. Um, firstly, the idea of demons cause illness or disease is demonstrably false. Uh, it, it's no wonder that somebody in the ancient time, not knowing about germs or bacteria, blamed invisible demons for their illnesses and troubles. However, we now know that health has nothing to do with spirits or gremlins and that wounds that infect or disease transmitted isn't the work of any spirit. Um, many people believe in demons when suffering from sleep paralysis, but we now know this is a form of nightmare that leaves the sufferer awake. And we're beginning to understand why it occurs and how to uh, address it. Um, I just want to point out that people did believe that nocturnal emission or ejaculation in the sleep were actually uh, succubus um, that, that used to you know, sort of seduce men in their sleep kind of thing. And this is the kind of thinking that we're getting into here. Um, now, so one of the things I want to touch on, this, this is really important. It's the tendency for mental illness to be blamed on demons and evil spirits in Christianity and other religions. I'm not picking on them specifically. Um, this leads to a serious underreporting in mental illnesses. And those illnesses are ascribed to supernatural events rather than the psychological trauma they should be. Um, Christians suffering from mental health issues can feel stigmatized and have a tendency to blame their mental health issues on demons or, or a lack of spiritual fortitude. Um, the idea that one can be beset by demons is not helpful for these addressing these effects of trauma and can be very detrimental to the person that holds these beliefs. And a worst case scenario can cause deadly harm to loved ones and the community. And I'll be showing some examples of that. Um, 
this has actually been documented. The flip side to believing good things can be comforting, and that's been documented. Believing in heaven can be comforting. Um, it can produce good feelings. Is that evil things in a religion can be terrifying and distressing for the believer. Um, although there is no reason to believe in demons, this belief is the single highest negative predictor for mental health in young adults. The single highest. So not only does the promoting of demons, spirits, ghosts and, and goblins hinder people from scientifically based mental health treatment, it can actually contribute to mental health problems. This kind of unnecessary fear that religion instills into people is one of the most irresponsible actions that religion has ever done. It is pervasive and insidious with absolutely no reason to propagate as we understand mental health, why it occurs, and it doesn't involve any supernatural entities of any sort. Um, just as an aside, I, I don't want to employ anybody that's having mental health issues or loved ones with mental health issues, whether you be Christian, Muslim, Hindi or atheist, see medical professionals and mental health experts rather than blaming supernatural and otherworldly entities. Um, and I, I do really believe that. Um, so I'll go through a series of explanations that people have given for demon possession. This is the usual suspect, schizophrenia. Um, it's chronic brain disorder, affects less than 1% of the US population. When it's active, these symptoms can be delusions, hallucinations. Um, basically, the, the, the hallucinations experienced are usually significant to the sufferer um, and, and are based upon environmental stimuli. That thus a person that believes in demons will often have this as a feature of their hallucinations. And as you notice, it, it does have internal audible voices, like people are talking to them or commanding them to do things. Um, this, this is a very, very common sim symptom of this mental health issue. Um, uh, dissociative disorders. Now, this was referred to as multiple personality in the past. It has been updated. We understand a lot more of it. Some of these identities can be rude, aggressive, rarely violent. However, the prevalence of violence is the same as the general population, so it is possible. Um, it doesn't necessitate people with this sort of will be aggressive. However, the change of personality can be disturbing to people that don't understand this sort of, and it's really important to understand what is happening with these people rather than blaming a supernatural entity. Um, the demons and evil spirits have also been blamed for epilepsy. I'm going to go to the Bible where it in Mark 20, uh, 920, um, I apologize. Uh, that, and they brought unto him, and when he saw him straight away, the spirit tar him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming, um, is a quite decent description of an epileptic fit. Um, the treatment in this passage is also suggested in Mark 929. And he said unto him, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. This can lead to catastrophic circumstances when a person is suffering from an illness and prohibited nutrition. I'll examine some cases in the next section to show you and to give a warning. Um, this, this content can be disturbing. These are real cases with real people and some of it is distressing and the details include some people that have died due to these superstitions. Uh, this is Annalise Michael, uh, Michelle, I'm sorry, a German woman um, she underwent 67 Catholic exorcism rites in the year before her death. She was diagnosed with epileptic psychosis. Um, she had a history of psychiatric treatment that proved ineffective. Uh, her family was convinced she was possessed by a demon and she was highly religious. She attended mass twice a week um, at university. Um, her classmates described her as withdrawn and very religious. Um, on July 1st, 1976, she died in her home. Um, the cause of death was malnutrition and dehydration resulting from almost a year 
um, in, in a state of near starvation while these, these rites were performed on her. Um, she had uh, uh, broken knees from doing genuflections or kneeling and prayer, praying. Um, doctors testified that Michelle was not possessed, stating that the manifestants of demonic possession were a psychological effect of her strict religious upbringing, as well as her epilepsy. While the bishop that, that approved this exorcism said he wasn't aware of their, their health condition when he approved it and declined to testify in court, um, the priests performing this exorcism were convicted of negligent homicide. Um, this is my second case, uh, the 200 Demons House. Um, the Gary police where this was done observed multiple religious shrines and Bibles throughout the home. Latoya Amon's the mother has a high level of superstition and psychologists concluded the children were acting deceptively and in accordance with their mother's beliefs. Um, for example, a psychologist that evaluated the youngest son reported he had tendency to act possessed whenever he was challenged or redirected, or when he was asked questions that he didn't wish to answer. She went on to observe the boy seemed both coherent and logical, except when they were talking about demons. Then his stories became bizarre, fragmented and logical, and saying they changed stories every time they related them. As a consequence, children's services removed the children from the home. Um, they said that they need to, she, the, the mother needed to uh, uh, employ alternate forms of discipline not related to religion or demonic possession. Um, meanwhile, no fewer than four exorcisms were performed on her by a priest, um, although not on the children that were the ones possessed, um, strangely enough. Um, it was concluded by the DSS and psychologists that these supernatural phenomena that was observed were performed by the children themselves. Um, the psychologists conclude the mother encouraged this behaviour and there was no demons. It's interesting to note that nobody ever had problems with the house before or after. And as soon as she got her kids back, the problems uh, mysteriously cleared up. This is the one that really gets me and why I am here at this debate. Ali, her family members performed a ceremony to liberate her of evil spirits. Um, police said that the girl's uncle and mother, Claudia Hernandez, they were charged with child abuse leading to her death. Now the church pastor, uh, Rene Huizo, um, that was the grandfather of this three-year-old and they, he told the police that the daughter was possessed because she would wake up and scream or cry periodically. Now, keep that in mind. That's all they had to say that she was possessed. They brought her to the church. They were joined by the grandfather to perform an exorcism. The mother strangled the child multiple times to the point at where Ali was unconscious she stuck her hands down her throat and continued this course of conduct for almost a full day. I think that the most awful travesty of this horrible case is that Puozo, the pastor and grandfather of the girl, says he feels a lot of pain at the death of his grandchild, but he does not believe the exorcism caused her death. He still blames the demons. This is indicative of the delusion some of these people who believe in this superstition peddle. They killed this three-year-old girl, and to this day they think they did the right thing because they think demons are real. Um, and and this, was, with this was the case that really um, made me take this debate. And, and they were very disturbing. They were clear cases of religious believers mistaking mental health problems or just normal behaviour as demonic influence or evil happenings. The last one was tragic. It was horrible. And it happened last year. 2021, a three-year-old died. It is 2022 and it is time to drop these superstitions, beliefs 
and move into a society that treats these social problems with solutions that work on science and understanding of the human mind, not based on magic and, and, and quackery. I, I don't generally speak ill of people's beliefs for no reason, but these beliefs are dangerous. If you want a better world, you'll find it with science and learning and understanding, not myth and magic. And, and I really implore you again, if, if you are suffering from um, dark thoughts and, and, and problems, see a professional. Thank you. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening as well, Mark. And we are going to jump into open dialogue, folks. So want to say we really do appreciate having you here. No matter what walk of life you are from, thrilled to have you with us. And want to let you know as well, we're going to do a somewhat short debate tonight. In particular, I'd say about average, but just slightly shorter than average. So if you happen to have any questions, be sure to get them in quickly as we're going to wrap up probably within about an hour. So Thank you very much, gentlemen. The floor is all yours. Thank you, James. Um, I finished. Do you right. want to go first, so, Justice? Thanks, James. I wanted to. Yeah, that'd be great. Sorry about the lag. Um, I uh, wanted to jump in here real quick and and address two points. Actually, address a point and also uh, ask Mark a question. The point that I wanted to address is that the scripture, the scripture uh, from the Christian worldview again delineates between epilepsy and um, demon possession uh, in at least two different situations. One of them is in Matthew 4, where the, the list of symptoms that is given that Jesus heals from includes both epilepsy and separately demon possession. The Christian tradition, even back as far as the early first century, recognized the physiological nature of epilepsy as de as desperate or different from demon possession. So the fact that you have people who conflate those things and have done harm by conflating those things is not evidence against uh, demons or against their existence. It's evidence of people practicing bad demonology. And that's the same thing that I could say if, if I went through a litany of uh, problems with modern medicine, like here, look at this botched surgery here, look at this done misapplied medicine. Uh, that's not evidence of the fact that medicine doesn't work. Of course, medicine works. It's great. Uh, we should all have some medicine every once in a while. You know, the scripture admonishes us to do that. The second thing that I'd like to ask is, again, like the first thing, do you believe that hypochondria is a thing? I'm sure you will say yes but like obviously people who believe they're sick get sick and so the fact that some people who have an over over obsessive uh attitude or relationship with the demonic might have depression or be more predisposed towards even just simple psychological problems outside of the demonic is also not surprising and it's definitely not evidence against mark brought up a whole bunch of um, of tragedies and, and abuses that are involved in this arena. And I would mostly agree with him. Yes. But that doesn't mean that the demonic does not exist. Abuses of a practice okay, or another a legitimate or so. science does not negate that science taken for, yep. Take, take, uh, for instance, the, um, bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's a terrible misuse of atomic theory. Uh, it does not disprove atomic theory. Right, so um, 
Yeah, and and okay, so but there's a scripture. The way you say that, oh, differentiates between epilepsy and demonic possession. But the problem is that it doesn't provide any other reasonable conclusions either. Does it differentiate between uh, demonic possession and schizophrenia? Does it differentiate between demonic possession and dissociative identity disorder? The, the, the whole idea that, well, if it's not epilepsy, it's got to be demonic possession is a terrible methodology for finding out what something actually is. Um, and you sort of said, well, hypochondria is a thing. Absolutely, it's a thing. Absolutely. But the problem here is that you're saying, well, it does not mean there are not demons. It does not mean that there are either. That's the problem. Um, I, I do want to touch on a few things. So you're, you're sort of using, well, demons don't sort of have have any sort of e evidence in the physical world, but, but you're sort of suggesting that demons can have an impact on people in the physical world. We should be able to track down the causes of that. And when our science has tracked down the cause, we come back with mental health, not demons and, and ghosts and gremlins. Um, I'm really sorry, but um, you're sort of saying your, your, your belief system, humans have a body, soul and spirit. I, I agree with the body part. I don't see the soul and spirit, and we've never been able to track down a soul or spirit. So what happens is you have these events. It's almost like demons of the gaps. When you you're, you haven't uh, you know you don't know what a a, a uh, ailment is, you can say demons, and that's a terrible way to evaluate what is actually causing a problem. Um, first of all. No, nobody who is who is well versed in the practice or is, has actual experience with dealing with the demonic will say that if I see X phenomena, I, I jump right to demons. And again, you're bringing up horrific examples of abuses, people who are abusing um, the belief structure and doing terrible things. And I will I will fully agree with you. It's like if I were again were to go through a litany of doctors who should be disbarred for, uh, or whatever the word is in English, delicensed for practicing uh, quack medicinery. It, it, yes, of course, sure. So when you are dealing with a possession, you go through the known the known things that could possibly be causing the thing. You don't jump to demons. Nobody who is a serious practitioner, who is someone who's not... Um, <laughs> how to say who's not a quack uh is going to jump right away to uh to to demons and as we understand more and more about the physical world sure uh just like any set of explanations you know it we could say newtonian physics of the gaps until you get to einsteinian physics because any previous explanation will always encompass more things then the next explanation, because the next explanation, by definition, has a higher resolution. So, yes, did people before science ascribe more things to demons and gods than should have been ascribed? Sure. But does that mean that it is absolutely something that, that doesn't exist? Absolutely not. And again, uh, the reasons for this is you have legitimate situations where nothing else can explain or does explain um, the phenomena. And so then you go back to, and especially if you're, if you're saying, um, I believe that this is a demonic situation. It has all the markers of a demonic situation. You apply what's necessary to be applied in that situation. And the situation is resolved. That to me is a methodology of saying, look, there are certain things that definitely have these influences. Have I gone to situations where I've said, you know what, 
Um, the problem is, is not demons. The problem is, is you're watching, you're watching horror movies at night and your kids are scared. Like, sure. Have I had situations where I said you need to be looking for methane leaks or you need to be looking for high, high, uh, O2, too much uh, higher levels of O2 that shouldn't be around. That's absolutely happened. Um, so you look for those things, exclude those things. And when those things have been excluded, when you've gone down the list, um, what's, what's left over is often the demonic. And then if you apply again, the, necess the necessary solution and you get a result, isn't science, the scientific method, isn't it have to do with uh, predictive power? Like if you can do something that predicts a particular result, uh, it seems to me that that is evidence in and of itself. And again, uh, the demonic is the spiritual. So do I expect demons to come out and leave footprints? No, of course not. They're, they're interacting with um, the spiritual part of man. You say there's no evidence for the soul, for the spirit. <laughs> That's true because they would be supernatural. Like <laughs> you would see them phenomenal, phenomenologically, uh, not empirically. Well, that, that's a problem because science does rule out things like spectral evidence. It does rule out the supernatural up front because it is so problematic. Um, the, 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 the problem is that you've already acknowledged that hypochondria is a thing and so are psychosomatic symptoms that people who believe in demons may have exhibit the symptoms of being possessed. In fact, in the DSM-5, there is a condition called possession um, uh, uh, possession syndrome, where they believe that they are possessed when they are in fact not so. And I do want to point out that you do not have any credit credentials in mental health or neuroscience to eliminate these problems. You are simply going on what you know, and that's all that you are doing. Um, what, what we try to stray away from in science is basically making a um, or, or getting a just a lay person to look at these things and say, yep, I know what's going on here. Because you, you have not had the training to deal with these people who are suffering from these, these issues. You have not. That there has been many times in the past where people have been absolutely sure of demons. And later on, psychologists have said, yes, no, I recognize that, that condition. We're aware of that condition now. And there is no reason to think, there is no reason to think that these conditions that these people are suffering from is not possession um, um, syndrome or um, just another mental health condition of which you are not aware. You, these people believe that these demons can possess them. And when times get tough, and I showed you where studies from psychology have an analyzed Christians and said, hey, yeah, they believe that these problems are caused by demons because that's what they know. And so you've, you're selling them a cure for a disease that does not exist. The point about hypochondria is that you can have diseases that don't exist. And that's, that's true. And I will fully admit that. That's why any, any person who is dealing with uh, the demonic. And I do not, um, I do not do exorcisms of people in general, uh, largely because that's not my, not, that's not my profile. I do haunting cleanings. That's mostly what I've done in my, in my uh, career. So the, the title of exorcist is <laughs> a little strange, like I'm not, not so much. <laughs> I haven't gotten up there yet, uh, but um, the, the, <laughs> 
what, what people who do, who have, uh, who do practice and do help in that area in modern times will, will say, absolutely. We suggest that people go and get evaluated by a psychologist. Um, again, you're bringing up abuse cases, cases that show abuse. And we say, you know, the first thing that a person should do is confess, have confession. If the confession doesn't doesn't help them by by uh, getting their 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 conscious clean of anything that's in the past and, and so forth and so on, then yeah, you go to a psychologist. Absolutely, uh, you're you say you're not a trained psychologist. Yep, you got me on that one. I'm not a trained psychologist, so that's why we eliminate those things. That's why we say yeah, go to a trained psychologist. Go find help in the in the world in the world uh, of science first there's what we call the reese howells principle reese howells was a well-known prayer um, and intercessor a prophet in the early uh, 20th century he predicted the uh, world war ii uh, before it happened um, many years before it happened in in specifics like the invasion of russia and so forth and so on very interesting book and and he had a principle of he wouldn't even pray for anyone's healing until they had exhausted all potential uh medical and scientific routes and uh, actually gets a lot actually gets a lot of in the in the prayer and healing communities kind of catches a lot of flack for that for like it's not biblical you know you should go to god first and and i kind of agree with reese i say you know what <laughs> we've been given a command uh by scripture to dominate nature first and foremost that's the first command that we've been given to to uh reproduce and then also to dominate nature and that's part of it you know finding out about our own nature about our psychology about the world around us and so yeah have germs been ascribed to demons in the past sure have different psychological disorders been ascribed to demons in the past yes have those attributions had tragic consequences yes and that's terrible that's unfortunate and those abuses should be corrected but again, that does not mean that when you have a legitimate demonic situation, like a haunting, that is that is legitimate, and you go and you do what needs to be done to relieve these people of their suffering, and they are relieved, uh, that is, I think, a net positive. Right. Well, I mean, so testable predictions are what we use in science to rule it out and the whole basis is falsifiability so you use things like controls and things like that um no studies have have brought up anything demonic or 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 um like if you can point me in the way of a controlled experiment that points out the demonic or even secondhand knowledge about the demonic because you basically said that there is no they 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 um, don't have an impact on the physical world, but they kind of do because there is a indirect impact on things. If they didn't have an impact on the physical world, they wouldn't be able to do anything. Um, now, I, I, I applaud you for sending them to psychologists and things first, but that doesn't mean that your next step is to just call it a demon and, and exercise it um, or, or even, even suggest that that is the case. Um, I wonder, and, and perhaps you could answer this in a second, I wonder how many people who are atheists or sceptics or people that don't believe in demons come to you and say, hey, we've got a supernatural event we need you to clear up. I would bet none. And I, and I don't think that is because the demons only prey on people who believe in them. I, I, will, I will happen to bet that that is because they are the ones that do believe that things can be caused by demons. They are vulnerable because they 
they believe this stuff. Um, and, and what I want to put to you is what methodology are you using to confirm these are demons? And how can we replicate that methodology? And this is important because this is what we do in science. How can we replicate that methodology so everybody, including these people who you're saying are doing the wrong thing, can use that methodology to accurately and, and precisely confirm when it is a demon and when it is a neurological disorder with problems? Because this is still happening. This, this last case happened last year. So something is broken here. What is your methodology? All right. So the, 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 the question that you're putting to me is, tell me how to do science on something that you say from the onset is not science. It's like me saying, tell me how to do religion on the thing that you call science, which you say specifically is not science. Like, for instance, let me ask you a question. Who is the God of science, the, the Pope of science right now? The, the, the great the great pontiff of science, you know, who gives you the sacred host of science um, every Saturday or is it Friday? Um, you know, where where is your science Sabbath held? And you say, wait a second, just as this is insanity. You're you're asking me to defend science in a religious framework. And I'm saying <laughs> the exact same thing. Uh, Mark, this is insanity. You're asking me to go from one magisterium to the other and defend uh, religion or defend the area of the, of the, of the supernatural in a scientific uh, arena. And I'm saying I'm not really interested in doing that simply because, again, we're talking about the supernatural. Um, it's act by definition beyond the natural. As far as my methodology is, again, as I said before, I deal my particular uh, personal experience, my personal practice with helping people get rid of hauntings is mostly with house demons and not doesn't have to do with um, actual exorcisms. I had a very, very uh, bad experience as a um, <laughs> exorcist in training. It sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, as a, but when I was in, when I was young, I was actually translating for someone who was claiming that they were an exorcist. Uh, the things that I saw there told me that that I needed to to be very careful with with the demonic world because it's very real very powerful and um and 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 needs to be needs to be treaded lightly with um so I deal mostly with house demons and my methodology is I will ask you know there's a there's a laundry list of questions that you ask about what is being happened. Um, we have a CO2 meter, you have a methane meter, you look for, you know, is there a, a gas leak in the area? Um, when was, do you have uh, natural gas coming in? Is there a gas leak? Is there a O2 levels are too high? You look for those things first. That's the thing that you do first. Uh, second thing is that you ask about um, uh, circ not circumstantial evidence, but things that will predispose people towards hauntings. Have your relatives or relatives that you know of who've lived in this house um, done black magic or have been involved in the occult? And more often than not, that will um, happen. And often uh, times, you said like you would like to know what percentage of people that I've helped are atheists. And frankly, Russia is a largely atheist country, um, despite what a lot of the misconceptions of the outside world is. And the majority of people that I've helped would actually claim no formal beliefs in God or 
the supernatural. Um, and that's part of the, the horror and the problems that they have. They say, you know, grandma did witchcraft. We don't believe in it. It's, it's, it's just superstition. It's not real. But we have this thing that is terrorizing us and we need help. And so this is, yes, absolutely. Lots of people who've, who have come to us are atheists. Lots of people who do not, did not believe in the supernatural or in demons before they had this phenomenological experience, which convinced them that there was something out there. Um, so it is not always psychosomatic. It's not always about people who just want to believe or who believe from childhood. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's about people. And, it, and again, it has a lot to do with the, uh, with the beliefs of the community. Um, again, because demonic powers gain power from the, the beliefs that we give them. So there is, there is that, that is true. It does look a little bit like psychosomatics, but um, it's actually not. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the situation. Okay. So um, you, you asked me to tell you how uh, uh, science could, could do religion, basically. Yeah, if I basically make the God of Spinoza my God, I believe in it no matter what it says. I make Einstein the prophet. Whatever he says cannot be disputed. Um, well, the Sabbath is held every, uh, the festival of Einstein every first day of every month. The, the, this would be the religious adherence to traditions and um, and and great figures that that would make it a religion, but that's not what we do in science. You're sort of saying methodology isn't something that you do because it's it's all science. No, you do methodology every day. There's a methodology to crossing the road. If you just go, well, there's there's ha I haven't seen some trucks for for a while. I'm just going to cross the road. That's a terrible methodology for getting across the road. If you look left, look right, listen for any traffic, and then cross the road, that is a way better methodology for gathering gathering evidence of any any vehicles on the road you, you don't seem to understand that methodology is applicable in every single day with almost almost everything we come up with for knowledge or or belief it is how you obtain the data about your world and and it's absolutely applicable outside of science there is nothing intrinsic to science about a methodology um you say saying that hey these things look like psychosomatic problems um they 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 you know uh, uh, but they're not psychosomatic problems and i'm asking how do you differentiate between that how do you what methodology do you use for separating psychosomatic problems mental health issues um superstitious beliefs because even if this person is an atheist they will probably still have some superstitions and you convince them it's demons and then you say well i can get rid of these demons for you now i've got no doubt that that may work on some people but is it ethical to do that is it ethical all right um this is the uh so we've gone from give me a scientific proof to give me a methodology to give me your ethical defense so we'll go we'll go through those. Okay. first thing i never said that i don't believe in methodology or that i don't have a methodology in fact i actually gave you a brief reader's digest version of a methodology like so to say that i don't believe in methodologies is ridiculous on its face since i just gave you a methodology. What I said is that there are two different magisteriums. There's science and there's religion. That science has to do with the physical world. Religion has to do with the divine, with the spiritual world or the demonic, you know, non-spirit, the, 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 the malevolent spiritual world. And these are, these are different spheres with different sets of methodologies that do not, that are hermetically sealed from each other. They don't um, 
they don't go back and forth. And so what I'm saying is, of course, it would be absurd for you to treat science like a religion. And you demonstrated that with your little thing about, you know, part of, it, it would be absurd. And it is also absurd to treat religion um, with science, like to, to try to dissect it scientifically, uh, because they are they're they're dealing with different questions they're dealing with different spheres science is the result of the scientific method which is a delineated five-step process that gives you certain conclusions that have predictive power in the physical realm religion is an entirely different kind of knowledge so again to keep saying well you know you 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 don't believe in methodology i absolutely do believe in methodology just not scientific methodology as applies to Religion, for instance, I believe in hermeneutics. I believe in exegesis. I believe in, you know, to some degree, exorcism. <laughs> like, and it is a methodology, but it's not a scientific methodology as applied to spiritual things. As far as the ethics of doing, the majority of the people that come to me for help are not members of my church, as I already said that. And I do nothing to convince them that they are demon possessed. In fact, <laughs> I do my due diligence to show what natural phenomena could potentially, uh, how to say, answer their need. Like, and if they are convinced that, oh, wait a second, this is, you know, we had a gas leak. Uh, oh, wait a second. You know, uh, maybe we should get our sleeping patterns, which is a huge one with people who are having night horrors is they're just, they're just sleep deprived. They're not getting enough sleep before the debate talked, we were talking about some issues that, some people are having with sleep. And that is a huge part of what I do is just getting people back on a decent sleep pattern to get these things under control. Um, but then when you've excluded those things, when you've gone down the list of the most common things that are uh, potentially what could, it could explain things uh, physically, then you go down the laundry list of what things might explain this otherwise. And then if you find those those that evidence or those things that predispose people towards demonic possession, their houses, for instance, which is what I deal with, um, then, yeah, then you deal with it. And when having done those steps, dealing with the possession, and it liberates people from the oppression, people who are atheists, people who don't believe or didn't believe previously in hauntings, then is it is it ethical to do good or to do evil? I mean, if what you've done has given people peace and has given them, um, ha has freed them from, a, from an oppression that they've been suffering under, is that not ethical? If you're not violating any other ethical principles in the, in the completion of it. Um, again, I'm not trying to convince people that they have demonic possession. I'm saying that if people have gone down the laundry list of things that could explain what they're going through, and they're still suffering, that I want them to know that there is um, a potential explanation and there's, and there's relief. And I think that is ultimately um, ethical. Okay, so, so what you've said conflicts from what you said earlier, because you sort of said that, hey, these are people that don't believe in demons, but you, you don't try and convince them, you actually have to convince them it's not demons, that you do the opposite of what I suggested. So you, you basically said, well, they don't believe in demons until they come to me, and then say, well, no, I had tried to convince them it's not demons. So that's a clear contradiction in what you've said. So they obviously come to you me, with let a me prior belief yeah, in me, demons. Now, running through the whole, I 
thing of common let me things jump in. Yeah, than uncommon fine. things. Me, no, no, just... I won't. I'll finish my points. Thank you. Um, oh, running okay. through the list of common things and then uncommon things, and then you go to what else? What if it's something that is incredibly rare and, and say a neurological disorder or, or it is, how, how do you address the idea of, of possession uh, syndrome? The, the, the psychological um, dis distorted thought that you are possessed or your house is possessed or these things have spirits in it because that is in the DSM-5 and we know that is a, a dissociative disorder. Um, I can't remember the exact dissociative disorder, but it is a dissociative dis disorder that has been classified in the DSM-5. So these people come thinking that there are demons because you try to convince them otherwise. Um, that they're already in a vulnerable state where they're ready to believe this. And like, so if their grandma did witchcraft, as you'd said, or I, I don't even know what that is, but if they did something that they perceive as dark and evil, they may be primed in that superstition already. This, this isn't rocket science. We understand how the human mind works and why superstitions take root in people. We understand this. But what you haven't done is provide a single shred of reliable evidence for, for any of this. You have simply made claims that what you see is not psychosomatic, it is not mental illness, while coming from a place that it, it is in no way trained to make that distinction. I, what I'm saying is go to somebody who has training and experience in exactly this, mental health problems, um, um, these kind of problems. I mean, I, I don't think you've even given an account for what what supernatural things that you have seen. I'll give you a chance to respond, Justice. A short and pithy one, if you can. And then I do want to go into, we do this new feature in which we ask the audience, we poll them and ask which topic they especially want to hear you guys discuss. And that's usually about two minutes for each of those topics that we run by you. But first, Justice, I'll give you a chance to respond to Mark. Yeah, earlier on there, I was trying to interject, Mark, not so much as to interrupt as much as to just uh, kind of uh, delineate the points so that we could deal with each thing as it comes out. But the first thing that you said was that, that, you, that you contradict yourself in the sense that uh, people who didn't believe in demons and they come to you and you try to, and, and that kind of thing. And what I'm, what I'm saying is, again, is you have people, uh, quite a few people in my experience who have who have run into phenomena that they have become to believe are uh, supernatural, are demonic. These people, having had before the appearance of the phenomena, not believed in, in the supernatural. They were either agnostic or atheistic. Then they come to me and I say, well, let's make sure that this is not uh, just a physical phenomenon. Let's go down this list. So I'm the one who's actually... Uh, helping them go down and 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 say, take a deep breath. You know, there are things that could happen just physiologically, and and doing that. So I am not saying, oh, you know what? Well, <laughs> demons. <laughs> you know, I'm the one who's my first step is to say, let's look at the thing that we know um, could possibly be be answering this this problem. You know, so and then after that, yeah, if if I believe, if I have a belief. Uh, that these these things are oppressive towards people, that people can become subject to them, then of course I'm going to look at that as a potential. You say, you do nothing, but I've already said that I do things. I send people, for instance, if people are exhibiting 
what they believe are their in their relatives or whatever uh, evidence of demon possession, the first thing I'm going to do is send them to a psycho- psychologist, psychiatrist to be evaluated, to get help, professional help to the extent that is possible. Again, referring to the Reese Howells method, which is get as much help as you can in the in the civil quote unquote scientific world as until that has exhausted itself. At which point, then you, yeah, if there, if the scientific world has no answers, then we go above and beyond that. Some and these... I'm not a trained psychologist. I'm not a trained psychiatrist. Um, yep. Go for it. Some of these topics actually have to do with that, in particular, whether or not there are some cases in which it can't be explained by psychiatry. But before we get to those, the number one voted topic with 60% out of the four options on the poll was, is there any video or photo evidence of demons? Now, I know, Justice, you said that they're not material, so it makes sense you're saying that like it, you wouldn't have any direct video or photo evidence but is there a way in which you could have video and photo evidence in which it's indirect in other words for example if it looked like wow it looked like somebody's on camera and all of a sudden we just see like a a red mark appear on their face in the shape of a hand and we clearly saw nothing touch their face and the video editing was just too hard to pull this off you might say it was like is that direct evidence any thoughts on this? Is there any way in which there can be, or is there any video or photo evidence you found compelling? We'll start with you, Justice, and then we'll give Mark a chance to respond as well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, again, I'd, I I start out with this is that the evidence for the demonic is going to come from uh, what science calls anecdotal evidence from first firsthand sources because the human uh, being is the device that is meant to connect with the spiritual realm. So that would make sense that that's where we get the evidence from it from. Um, having said that, yes, uh, demons do interact with the physical world to a degree, although they're not physical. They have some uh, ability to interact with the physical world and they may leave physical evidence. So I don't exclude video or sound uh, evidence that is possible, um, but but I, I, it's, it's highly, mostly what you will have is if you have uh, a haunted house, for instance, where the, 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 the demon who's doing the haunting is another 60 uh, leaving audible evidence, which is the most co- kind of a yep. lightning, a lightning jump round. into. Mar- yep. Real quick. Um, sure. Sorry. I'm hard with the lightning. Round. So yeah, the, the audible evidence, which is the most common, you will often have where recording devices are placed in the home and you and you actually hear those uh, sounds. So that is that is a kind of evidence that happens. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Mark. All right, we'll give you a chance to respond. Mark, what do you think? Uh, well, a- anecdotal evidence and eyewitness accounts are notoriously unreliable and anecdotal evidence is some of the worst evidence you can present in court. Um, physical evidence is way better. Obviously, he's saying, well, there won't be physical evidence to a certain degree, but if it interacts in the physical world, there will be physical evidence of some kind that we can sort of point to. Um, I mean, even the Catholic Church, they say, oh, we witnessed levitation and their idea of levitation is simply somebody bowing their, their, their back, bowing their back so they're basically on their heels and their head this is not levitation this is not supernatural happenings all of their supernatural happenings are explained by real world phenomenon that we're aware of the the schizophrenia um, dissociative identity disorder 
um, um, other other um, neurological disorders and mental health disorders. When, when you watch these videos, it explains it perfectly. And psychologists and psychiatrists have said as much. There is no reason to go to ghouls and goblins for these, these things that they say, oh, that's supernatural. No, they're not. They're perfectly, perfectly natural. It's just that they don't have an explanation, so they insert demons as the cause. There is no reason to do that. There's no evidence for demons. There's no good evidence for ghosts. It doesn't exist. We need to snap out of this mindset. We'll jump to this next topic. And folks want to say we're going to have the Q&A in just a few minutes. So if you happen to have any questions, fire them in soon as we're going to wrap up in about 30 minutes. Actually, probably slightly less than 30 minutes. So fire those questions in quick if you have any. And with that, this next subtopic that the audience voted second most, you could say desired topic, was could ghosts pose as demons? So I think it's kind of an epistemic challenge in terms of granting there's some sort of supernatural, malevolent, or perhaps prankster, any sort of personal entity that's incorporeal, could it actually be that these are actually ghosts, you know, dead spirits of people that are pretending to be demonic? Justice. Yeah, um, again, I come at it from a biblical worldview. Um, so for me, uh, scripture is the source. It seems to me that uh, scripture does not uh, completely exclude the possibility of ghosts, that there is a possibility that they would, but it seems that it would be extremely rare in the biblical worldview. Um, most likely, it's demons posing as ghosts and not the other way around. You got it. This one, oh, that's what, Mark, I want to give you a chance if you want to respond to that, even if you're... Oh, that's okay. I, I mean, I, I don't think ghosts are real either. I, I think that that um, all, all of... That we don't have enough evidence to believe in ghosts or demons. There's there's nobody presenting any anything that would be um, more conclusive than say the evidence for Bigfoot. There's no people coming with any solid evidence whatsoever. So um, I, I don't believe in either, and I don't really see why anybody should. Um, every time we get to actually investigating these things. We find explanations for them. Um, it, it's not good enough in, in today's society that we run out of explanations and just insert the supernatural. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just not good enough. You got it. This one. Interesting. So granting this, I think there's maybe a way in which, you know, a skeptic could say, say that even if it was the case, but granting this, they want to know, Justice, have you ever seen a possessed person with super strength, because I think the argument is that if you did, and it's hypothetical, then it might be evidence of some, something supernatural. Like if a little girl like picks up her bed over her head, that some, something off is happening. But we'll give you a chance, Justice, then we'll give you a chance, Mark. Yeah, the uh, my, my first experience with, um, with an exorcism of a, of a person actually had that where it was uh, a very small slight framed person who had supernatural strength and it was very much like the uh, um, story from the bible in the, in the book of acts where the seven sons of Cephas come and uh, were trying to exercise a man um, who then said you know peter i know paul i know but who are you and uh, beat them thoroughly and chased them out of the house 
And that was more or less what happened to uh, me and my little group of, of people uh, when I was young and interpreting for these people. Uh, they claimed to have power that they did not have. And it goes back to Mark's point about prayer and fasting. To, to be uh, involved in the spiritual world and to have strength to exercise these spirits, one needs to have uh, spiritual strength. And that comes from knowing the divine, having a relationship with God, and uh, having prayer and fasting. So this is uh, that was something that happened in my life. It was extremely, it was one of the most scary uh, uh, situations in my life when you saw uh, a small, young person completely wasting a whole group of people and um, throwing around the room like a rag doll. And that was uh, extremely um, formative, I guess, in my life. You got it. Well, quick, kick it over to Mark as well. Yeah, thank you, James. Um, so a lot of these these anecdotes, they come back um, not lining up with, with multiple stories. Um, the house that I showed, the 200 Demons house, that came back with um, the mother saying that the boy showed supernatural strength in kicking somebody and he flew across the room. The police actually reported something different than the boy kicked somebody and they fell and stumbled, but it wasn't anything um, super strength-like. Now, I'm not claiming that adrenaline can't give you a massive amount of strength or, or, you know, increase the amount of strength that you have. But nobody's ever shown any actual evidence of these supernatural strength powers. In that same case in that, that house, um, they reported that the boy um, ran up a wall. And, and in actual fact, what was reported by the authorities was that he just put his, he was being held by somebody, he put his feet on the wall, ran a bit and then flipped over. That's nothing that can't be done by a pretty agile young man. Um, it, it's not that these stories come out um, and it's human nature to make the fish you caught bigger, to, to exaggerate what has happened. And that happens a lot. It's careful. You have to be careful with anecdotal evidence because whoever's telling it will have a preconceived belief of what has happened. That's why we rely on empirical evidence instead of anecdotes. It's because this does happen. You got it. And this last one, let's do it short and sweet. And then we got to go to the Q&A. This one is, is there evidence of any possessed people with clairvoyance? In other words, they know something that they should not have known. For example, if someone be becomes a possessed and they start speaking a language that they never knew, like Lat especially an ancient language like Latin or something like that, have you ever seen this, Justice? Uh, I've never seen uh, demon-possessed people uh, uh, demonstrate uh, language that they have not possessed. Um, I've not seen that personally, no. Uh, I've heard that it happens, but not not that I've seen. Or any other type of clairvoyance. So maybe, you know, you walked in the room and the possessed person said, Justice, and let's say you'd never met them before and there's no, like, reasonable way, even no plausible, even remotely plausible way that they would know your wife's name. And they said, how is your wife so-and-so? And, you know, her birthday's on this date. Anything like that, anything in which they would they seem to know something where it's like, wait, how how could you have known that? Mm -hmm. the, I've seen, uh, again, th that kind of like uh, on the on the benevolent side of things, words of knowledge, people who knew things that were impossible to have been known um, from a from a in, a in a prophetic sense, not a demon possessed sense. 
Gotcha. But well, that the demons do give people periodically the ability. Yeah, sure, that's scriptural. You got it. And Mark, we'll give you a chance if you want to respond. Yeah, so this, this claim's been made by, by a few people, especially the talking in Latin that, that sort of... Um, uh, Annalise Mitchell, the, the German woman that I showed, I believe her... Um, they, they sort of said she was talking in Latin when she wouldn't have known the language. Um, it was sort of found by the court that she was actually repeating the Latin said to her back. So again, with, with this anecdotal evidence, you have to be really careful that somebody isn't taking what they want from the situation. Um, these, these people that were performing the, the exorcism, they, they believed it so fervently that they kind of ignored um, these signs that pointed to, nor to, to when I say normal mental health issues, but just me mental health issues. Um, she was simply repeating the Latin back. But when, what the priest got out of that was that she suddenly knew Latin, which is demonstrably false. You got it. And with that, we are going to jump into the Q&A. So I want to say thanks very much for all of your questions, folks. We're going to try to speed through these. We've got about 20 minutes. Big J says, hello, James. Thanks, Big J, for your super chat. And Utavara Utvara1 says, Walker, do you have any success in curse removal? Yes, curse removal is something that we've done uh, quite a bit. Um, it goes along with house cleaning. And uh, one of the curses that I helped remove was an impotency curse uh, um, that the guy uh, who broke up with his girlfriend was given, which is kind of hilarious. But in any case, um, yes, that is a, a, a have had experience with that and have had success. You got it. This one coming in from Psychor says, how can you possibly determine real demon hauntings from false ones? Are you prepared to believe everyone who says they've seen a demon? Why or why not? Absolutely not prepared to believe everyone uh, who says they've seen a demon or that they have a haunting. That's why you have a checklist. You go down things that could possibly ex explain the haunting um, so as to not waste your time or get into the woo more than necessary um so yeah absolutely you you don't believe everything but when you see a situation where again this is why i referred to uh to children who do not know that a cleaning has happened and then the the horror is gone um so the parents ask for help um and then the children are report that they have no longer have any any night horrors um, so again, you're looking at a cause and effect relationship and, and not just at, you know, um, uh, something other than that. You got it. This one coming in from totally not a demon says to Justin, I think they mean justice. So they say are demons only sub subjugated by the Christian God. How do you know that we, I mean, the demons are not just playing along, namely, Okay, so they're saying it's kind of like that epistemic challenge earlier. Could it be the case that demons are actually not under the subjugation of God and that they actually could overpower God, but they're just playing, you could say almost like playing dead, they're playing weak? Yeah, this uh, challenge was actually given to Christ uh, in his earthly ministry that you uh, cast out demons by the power of the Lord of Demons, by Beelzebub. And he says that if Beelzebub is divided against himself, then his kingdom um, does not stand. But if I cast out demons by the power of God, by the finger of God, then the kingdom of heaven is upon you. 
You got this so one coming in. The idea of you know faking. Yep, yep. Go for it. No, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, 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 just the idea that the demons would be faking, like, oh, you know, we're gonna fake to, to that that God is uh, the the ministers of God and God Himself is powerful to uh, chase us out. What is that gain? Like, you're just proving that your enemy is you know more powerful than you are. What's the point here? You got it, and thank you very much for this one coming in from Kwani Upstate. Says, if I donate a hundred dollars in exchange for James's soul, would that be proof that I am demonic? No, it would be proof that you were um, feeble-minded. Weird. Okay, this one, Bubblegum Gun says, Mark, what medical condition explains levitation? Well, as I said, levitation, like the actual leaving of the ground, has not actually been observed. In the Catholic Church, when they do exorcisms and they describe levitation, it is simply the bowing of the back. The heels and the head are still on the floor. So you've got to be careful when you use the word levitation because that has a different connotation in Catholic exorcisms than actually floating and leaving the floor, which has never been observed. So, yeah, I think I think um, um, we can safely say that a person can bow, bow their back and, and leave their back from the floor. I, I can do that. You can probably do that. Um, certainly a person under an extreme amount of stress and duress could do that. You got it. And I want to, folks, I got to say this. I have to say it. I'm so excited. As a quick side note, we are so close to booking the final debate for debate con. It's going to be our in-person conference on Saturday, November 19th. We're going to squeeze all of the debates into one day. It's going to be amazing. And we are so close. The last one, because I'm like, oh, I want to announce it so bad I can taste it. It's going to be huge, you guys. I've got to tell you, there's there are going to be some on this card of debates that you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, for real? Is that really happening? But want to say thanks very much for your question. Bubblegum Gun says, got that one. Sunflower says, Mark, the 2022 Nobel Prize was just awarded to physicists who proved, quote, the universe is not locally real, unquote. Yet here you are applying rigid, dry skepticism to the supernatural. Why not be more open-minded? Well, I, I think having an open mind is is great uh, until your brain falls out. Like there's, there's a million things you could insert into these um, demon-shaped gaps and sort of say, hey, that's the reason for them. You, you could insert um, alien rays coming down from the universe. You could insert um, um, magic, magic gremlins uh, that live on Pluto doing it. There's a million things you could, you could just basically ascribe to these events. Why, why are we suddenly going, well, let's drop science in order to open our minds to the magic gremlins? Sunflower, it's, it's not that I, I have a closed mind to it, but before I actually consider it a plausible explanation, you have got to provide some evidence of that plausibility, some reliable evidence. And, and so far, all we've got is anecdotes and, and religious beliefs. I'm, I'm really sorry, but that isn't good enough for me. And I don't know why it's good enough for anybody. You got it. And someone said in the live chat, Pokerman says, where is the debate conference? It is. Thanks for mentioning that. I forgot to mention it's in Plano, Texas. So if you are anywhere near Dallas, if you're in Houston, Austin, I can say one of our guests 
is driving up from Austin, uh, like hint, hint, but it's going to be amazing. It's going to be in Dallas, and we're going to jump into the next question. This one coming in from, do appreciate it, Kwani Upstate says, should a possessed person be found not guilty of murder if the demon controlled them and made them kill people justice? <laughs> I think that the situation with with, with demons, uh, demon possessed people killing people is again that's very would be a very rare case. Um, but the person, it's it's a little it would be a little bit like vehicular manslaughter under the influence of alcohol. Demons do not possess people without being invited, and so there might be mitigating circumstances if you could actually demonstrate in a court of law, which again the whole supernatural natural problem would is here because the court of law is meant to to cease out natural phenomena uh and evidence but if you were to show maybe there would be mitigating circumstances just like for people who have uh psychological situations psychological elements but i wouldn't the person cannot be completely exonerated under a demonic possession because um they are to some degree uh responsible for having invited that demon uh to possess them this one coming in from do can i just add something to that james would you mind just quick really quick really pithy um so so demons made me do it has not been a viable defense in law forever um ever since salem witch trials where they eliminated spectral evidence the problem is there is no way to investigate whether this demon is actually real or not and that is the problem you cannot entertain it regardless of whether the person invited it in or, or or what have you it's just something that we have no evidence for, so it's not even considered. We'll give you a super short, pithy response if you want one, Justice. Otherwise, we're going to the next one. Um, I say that in general, you know, the natural supernatural dichotomy, I you know, have mostly agree with Mark, you know, but again, I would never use the demon defense. This one coming in from do appreciate your question. Thunderstorm says, if science and atheism don't believe in anything, why do they have funerals? and ceremonies it feels hypocritical and like they are lying yeah good question um so i'll first address the first part it's not like we don't believe in anything um atheists and and agnostics and people believe in things i believe in lots of things the only thing that that an atheist has to do is not believe in a god to be an atheist that's only one thing i believe in in loving people i believe in um a a strong judicial system there's a ton of things i believe probably the same things as you um the reason why we have funerals is because of the people that are left behind it's for us not the dead person um, you you honour their memory and you go through a grieving process and, and we understand grief and how it affects us. Um, it's important to um, have these uh, farewells to our loved ones. It, it's a part of that, that process in which we, we let them go and, and let their memories go. Um, there's nothing supernatural about that. There's nothing... Uh, religious about that it is simply a we have a lot of ceremonies we have graduation ceremonies we have we have ceremonies marking an achievement they're important to us uh so it's it's not for the person that's died it's for us this one from bugmaster says i thought that hauntings were done by ghosts not demons i think they're saying justice they heard you say that you deal with hauntings sometimes yeah the 
difference between uh, hauntings and a haunting that's done by a ghost or a haunting that's done by a demon has to do with what you believe the entity to be, not the phenomena. The you phenomena would be the same, but what you believe in the, in the entity would be different. Chris G says, when you reference sleep horrors, are you meaning night terrors like the parasomnia justice? Yes. You got it. But I think they're saying that, like, doesn't that mean that there is a or. Oh, okay. So are you maybe saying that, like. That sleep, there are some phenomena. There there are some phenomena that can be explained by people having what's called, you know, uh, sleep, sleep horrors or night terrors. And where a person goes into a, a state of a nightmare, but they're not fully asleep. They're they're actually in a wakeful state. Gotcha. Um, and that can be exceedingly uh, distressing, but it is a natural phenomenon. This one from Karma's Real says, Mark, which objective laws do you rely on for observing scientific claims? How can you account for them being objective versus subjective? What's the origin of these objective truths in the universe? Okay, so um, basically the laws of nature are objective. They will continue to be so. Um, if you're sort of getting to where does rationality come from and sort of burning down the chessboard by saying, hey, you can't demonstrate rationality, well, yeah, you've got to make some presuppositions about your own mind and, and, and the laws of logic that lead to rationality. But having said that, um, the, the laws of nature that we observe after that are objectively so. If, if a rock tumbles off of a mountain, that's objective to where it will go. It's not my subjective opinion. Um, and that's the whole point. Um, we can make models about this behavior um, and the, the result will be objectively so. It doesn't matter which mind is, is viewing it. It will be the outcome of physics. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure what you're getting at unless you're trying to basically um, question reason altogether. And if that's the case, then why did you bother reasoning that question to ask me? You got it. This one coming in from the overgiver says, is it possible for other religions to cast or cleanse out demons justice? Let's break, break up there a little bit. Uh, they said, is it possible for other religions or people of other religious faiths to cast out demons as well? You know, that is uh, an interesting, interesting uh, topic. There is a, seems to be that lower level demons uh, like hauntings and lower level uh, possessions, uh, not higher level possessions, but lower level possessions, that, that there is a hierarchy of demonic entities that they're varying in strength and varying in ability to stay attached to the body which they wish to possess, being that a house or a or a person, um, and that those lower level demons actually can be pushed out by um, what you can call the spiritual strength of the practitioner, regardless of their uh, particular religion. And again, this is non-scriptural, but it is seems to be what is demonstrated phenomenal phenomenologically. You got it. This one coming in from. Do appreciate your question. Franco Trujillo says, what type of evidence would it take to convince you that demons or ghosts aren't likely real? Love your content moderated debate. Thanks for your kind words, Franco. Give you a chance, Justice. 
evidence that demons aren't real for me, it's again, I, I have evidence that shows, that demonstrates to me, both in my own life and in my practice, that they are real. Um, and it would have, you'd have to go down the laundry list of um, those, I don't know, all of those two dozen or more uh, exorcisms that I've done or cleanings that I've done um, and show that each one of those was completely physiological. Like, and since I do my due diligence and actually do exclude most of the things, I, it seems to me like you're, you're asking me to do what evidence that you could provide me to tell me that my experience was not what it is. And that's a little bit, that's a high bar. Bubblegum Gun says, Mark, stop running and debate me one-on-one on Modern Day Debate. <laughs> one of your <laughs> Well, buddies. you'd have to get a topic, Bubbles. But um, yeah, if, if you want to come on Modern Day Debate and take me on on a debate, I, I will debate you. But um, yeah, okay, sure, sure. Juicy. Maybe we can have one over. Yeah, sure. I'll take on Bubbles. It's just Bubbles. Come on. Chris G says, the he, quote, the human being is the device that is meant to connect with the spiritual realm, unquote, saying this is what you said, Justice, and then says, why not the quote unquote upside down like that TV show? Prove it. I'm not aware of the, uh, the cultural reference. Uh, Stranger Things. The they have, world. yeah, they have sort of like a mirror, mirror world to um, our real world. That's sort of um, dark and emo and edgy kind of thing. I guess is how I'd describe it. Mister mm. Monster says, "Is it possible that angels and demons are, and ghosts are just perceived to be these things when they're actually aliens?" That's that is a possibility. I mean, I think that the opposite is most likely the truth like that demons uh the demonic are what we are seeing when we're seeing alien encounters again because the alien encounters is not something new it's it's, uh, the kind of thing has been observed for millennia um the perceived what you're seeing changes so it goes from chariots to flying machines um but the the phenomena seems very uh has a lot of continuity through history you got to just say right? something briefly to that. Yeah, yeah sure. I, that's that's something that you can sort of. There's a million things you could put in there instead of aliens as well. You know, if, if we're making stuff up, let's go hog wild and say they're extra dimensional aliens from another dimension with uh, you know magical powers. You could you could anything you you could put literally anything in there. So yeah, uh, sorry, James, go ahead. No, that's all right. And this one coming in from do appreciate your question. Alyosha says, good grief, Mark. Eyewitness accounts are now quote-unquote anecdotal evidence. Read Peter Fruchin's account of living with the in- Inuit. That's all they well, say. Well, yeah. I mean, eyewitness accounts are the definition of anecdotal evidence. Um, what? Uh, yeah. So, so um and, and that, that's not to say that eyewitnesses' accounts aren't evidence. They're just not very strong evidence. Look, the police, they know that eyewitness accounts aren't that reliable. In fact, when they do lineups, it, it is it is 
remarkable how often people get the details wrong or or when they're describing a crime how often they get the details wrong it, it our perceptions aren't that reliable when they when we re, retell them back and i'm not dismissing it as oh well, we can't rely on anybody anybody's anecdotal evidence all i'm saying is it's just not that strong in comparison with something like forensic evidence dna evidence for instance is incredibly strong if you place DNA evidence at a crime scene, they've been there. If someone says, hey, I saw a guy and I think it was that guy, sorry, not that strong. I I'm really sorry. You're going to have to deal with that. This one from Bookmaster yeah. says, I'm and still... Just real quick, I'd like to jump in on that real it's quick if super you could. Short the, the problem is with the, with, the, yeah, the problem with the skeptic position that, oh, I need a lot of evidence isn't evidence, excludes anything that, that might only uh, have eyewitness evidence as being... Uh, that the only evidence might be eyewitness. And it's, it seems to me somewhat, you know, uh, precious that they would exclude that. At the voice of two and three witnesses, that, that's the idea that, that's the reason why you have collaborative eyewitness evidence. If three, five, 10, 20 people are, are all uh, establishing the same fact, then maybe it has a higher chance of being correct than not. Like if everyone throughout the entire history of the human race said that they encountered these things, maybe it has this one more from than not. Bugmaster, uh, can, I, can I have the final word? Because that question was sure. for me. Yeah. Um, so, and I didn't say anecdotal evidence isn't evidence. I said it was evidence, just not strong evidence. Um, you said two or three witnesses. Great. I can find two or three witnesses for Bigfoot. I can find two or three witnesses for aliens. I can find a ton of people that believe in aliens. Um, and you say the entire um, history of mankind um, um, eyewitnessed these things. No, they didn't. They are, are you, you have already acknowledged that they eyewitnessed a whole lot of mental health problems, a whole lot of illness, a whole lot of other things and what you claim to be this thing. So let's get that straight. This one from Bugmaster says, I'm so confused. Do anti-demonic procedures also work on ghosts? What about aliens or the FAE? Isn't it important to figure out the correct species of foe before invoking the cleansing ritual? The... Uh, the situation with ghosts and aliens as, as opposed to demons and ghosts and aliens, whatever, is again, it's your framework that you're working out of in interpreting the phenomena. You see a phenomena in a house like um, people being hearing noises. That's a, that's a very common one. Pure hearing uh, or doors opening and closing. That's a very common one. You got it. Um, latches being unlocked is a, is a common one. And, you know, you can ascribe that to ghosts. You can ascribe that to aliens. I ascribe it to demons. And when I do, um, and then proceed with the proper procedure, then, you know, people are relieved of, of the of the oppression. And so, again, um, it has predictive power. You got it. Thank you very much for this question. Coming in from Alyosha Strikes Again, says, Mark, I love you, but your objections in the face of evidence on this issue are purely dogmatic. And then said, important to remember, quote-unquote, demons or contact with spiritual forces is a well-documented worldwide historical phenomenon. Uh, so is aliens. Yeah, that's a well-documented historical phenomenon as well. So is Bigfoot. Um, it, it's not dogmatic. It's simply having a skepticism about things that are not demonstrably true. Um, I mean, Justice mentions flipping latches and doing this kind of stuff. 
wouldn't that be direct evidence or indirect evidence of these things happening? But no one is coming with any actual documented and investigated things like this. It's just, hey, these things happened in our house and we're just going to say them. There, there should be some way to see if you set up a camera next to these latches, whether they are flipping by themselves, right? Right? But it's never done. Why isn't it ever done? Why does nobody capture these things? It's because all they're relying on is anecdotes, and that isn't good enough. As I said, there's yeah. throughout history, people have believed ten, ten, in evidence. Throughout history, people have believed in all kinds of things. I've got to actually. I do, I do have to wrap us up because I actually do have to run. I do want to give Mark the last word on that one too, just because it was originally addressed for him. But I want to say. My dear friends, both of our guests are linked in the description. So if you're like, wait, I want to hear just a little bit more, you certainly can by clicking on those links down below. We do appreciate our guests. They're linked right now. If you're watching live or watching afterwards, you can click on those links, including if you are listening via the podcast, as all of our Modern Day Debates end up on the Modern Day Debate podcast as well, available on fine podcast apps everywhere. You don't want to miss it. I'm not able to do a post-credits scene tonight, so I do want to say, folks, just a quick summary. We appreciate our guests. So a huge thank you to Justice and to Mark. It's been a true pleasure to have you guys here tonight. Thank you, James. Thank pleasure you, James. to be here. And thanks, Justice, for coming and, and debating this. I, I really appreciate it. Have, thanks, Mark. Alyosha snuck in a last question. This is the last one we can do. They said, Mark, we have not had documented accounts of Bigfoot and aliens for thousands of years. Yeah, but it, it doesn't really matter. Um, the, the, the fact that people were a lot more religious in the past, so they naturally would have inserted the explanations of demons rather than aliens, which became more popular in the current uh, century, doesn't lead anything to its credibility. I'm sorry. You got it. With that, do check out our guest links. We do appreciate them. And folks, if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates to come. You don't want to miss them. And keep your eyes peeled. We're going to be announcing any day now. We're going to be announcing the debates for our huge in-person conference in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be amazing. So keep an eye out for that as well. And we'll be posting it shortly. One last thank you, Justice and Mark. It's been a true pleasure Jeez. to have you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.